This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. We had a good trip. We went from Oklahoma City to Weatherford, Texas, to Waco, Texas, to uh, Mobile, Alabama, to Panama City, Florida, to Birmingham, Alabama, to Fort Smith, Arkansas, and back home. <laughs> we, we, we went through nine different states, and uh, uh, it was a good trip. But how, how, how many of you have been on a vacation and need a vacation from your vacation? I'm at that point, okay? We've been driving so much, seeing so many things, doing so much. I need a vacation from the vacation. And guess what I'm doing tonight? My two boys and my wife and I are packing up our truck and going to be head cabin leaders at kids' youth camp. Who thinks I'm going to get some rest there? <laughs> Please pray for me. You know, we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit. And we've been talking and looking at the power, the dorea of his spirit, the power of his spirit. And among other things, he gives spiritual gifts to those who know him. Spiritual gifts are mentioned the first time in Scripture, Romans chapter 1, verse number 11. I'm going to read it real quick. Paul said, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Did you know that allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us can do that? He can work in you in such a way that your faith might encourage somebody else. That the faith that you have that God's going to come through may, might even touch somebody who's just about to give up on life. That the faith that you have in this God that there is nothing that he can't do might just encourage somebody else that has done everything except call it quits. And that's what these spiritual gifts do. When we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, they are there so that we can encourage each other's faith. These spiritual gifts are not weird, right? Paul, Paul said to follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. We're supposed to desire them. We're supposed to want them. We're supposed to want to operate the power of the whole of the Holy Spirit. You see, in Acts chapter 19, God did extraordinary miracles. A spiritual gift through Paul that even handkerchiefs and aprons, listen, that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. We have in the book of Acts the power of um, Pentecost where the power of the Spirit rested on them and they were able to speak the word of God with boldness. We talk about this power, a power that lives inside of you, a power that you have access to. You see, when Paul arrived in Ephesus, he found believers that were not filled with the Spirit. And Acts chapter 19 says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied both of those spiritual gifts. You may remember Peter, the guy who couldn't get anything right. 
denied Jesus three times and the Holy Spirit gave him the gift of teaching so that he could share the message of Christ boldly. Acts chapter 2 says it like this. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The guy that denied Jesus, the guy that messed up so many times, stayed with him, righted his wrong, and the guy that denied him preached Pentecost. You have the same guy, Peter, when he encountered a dead woman. The Bible says that he turned to the dead and he said, Tabitha, get up. That's all he said. Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and he helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented to her, to them alive. And it became all, it became known all over Joppa. And the Bible says, and I want you to listen, and many people believed in the Lord. You see, through the power of the Holy Spirit, people come to a knowledge of Him. Many people believed, if you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit will equip you with spiritual gifts to minister to them and to make a difference all over the world. The power, okay? So let's dive into this today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as you're turning there, I want to kind of tell you a story to kind of open this up on spiritual gifts. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Spiritual gifts. I want to share the story. I was at Lee. I was in Campus Choir. And uh, we were at a church in West Virginia. How many of you have been to West Virginia? There's not a lot there. If you live there and you're watching online, I'm sorry. It is a beautiful, gorgeous, magnificent place. But we were in West Virginia at this church. We were at a church where the pastor's son was also in the choir. And Dr. Bailey, who was the director of the campus choir at the time, he loved to call people out right between songs to, to share a testimony, to share a story of how good God's been to them. Well, I, I didn't do that stuff back then. I was a nervous wreck every time he started panning the choir. Like, who's he going to call on next? We were nervous wreck thinking about what to say. Well, we go to this church, right? And, and I feel kind of safe because, hey, pastor's kid goes to this church. He's calling on him. So we get done with the song, right? And, and I'm sitting there up in the choir just smiling away because I know it's not going to be me. And he looks up at the choir, pulls. So that nobody else heard it except the choir. And he didn't call anybody out. He said, somebody's got a word. That's all he said. Somebody's got a word. Who is it? My muscles started twitching so much. And I started literally an earthquake going inside of my body. I, it was a, 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 a feeling, whatever you want to call it. I had never felt that before. It was almost like that urgent calling to Chris, step up. I ain't doing that. And so I want to back up for a minute and remind people I didn't preach this time. It wasn't me. Told God, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll sing and play my horn, but that's it. I don't just willingly volunteer to share anything in a, micro in a microphone in front of anybody. So he said again with his microphone pulled to, to, to the side, somebody's got something to share. Who is it? Well, I don't know if the Lord pushed me or if my nerves were shaking so bad I just involuntarily moved up 
But next thing I know, I'm holding a microphone, standing in front of everybody, and they're staring at me like expecting me to say something so profound. And I began for the next, however long it was, share my testimony of how God healed me. And how the doctor said there wasn't any hope. But that there was a lady at midnight, God woke her up from the dream and told her to come to this hospital room for a pastor's kid she didn't know to pray over him. And so she came and she prayed over me and I was instantaneously, miraculously healed that, that night started paperwork to go home that next week and I started sharing all this and then out of nowhere I began to just prophesy and pray over this church and about the time I said amen I opened my eyes and there was a lady walking up the front barely could get there eyes streaming down her face and she said I prayed this morning that God would give me a sign that my son who's in the hospital that couldn't be here tonight would be healed and the Lord spoke to me as you began to share the testimony of what God did to you. That I need you to go up to that altar. I need you to get that little boy that was scared to death to speak to pray over you. In my human mind, I can't describe that. I can't tell you how God orchestrates those moments. How he took a boy from Minot, who has lived all over the United States, who went to college in Tennessee, who happened to be in a church in West Virginia, who happened to come across a mother who had a child that was sick just like me. I can't begin to tell you how God do does those things, but He healed that boy. And it's nothing I did, it's because of a spiritual gift of that just discernment to step up and to speak when God puts something on your heart. So I'm on cloud nine, right? This boy was just healed and my story was a part of that. Well, we go to our next church. And something feels a little different, right? This confidence that God is working, that he's doing something awesome. It just felt different. And, and the first thing Dr. Bailey did was we got to this church, we hadn't sang a song, he grabbed a microphone and told everybody of the miracle that happened at the church before and then said that a miracle can happen tonight too. He set the atmosphere. He set the tone for what God was about to do. So we go through our set and by the end of it we're on the altar praying, speaking in tongues, crying. God is moving in a miraculous, powerful way. And out of the corner of my eye I see these three to, 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 to four boys that were in the choir with me, praying over this elderly man in, in a wheelchair. Instantly, fear came into my mind. Oh God, what if they ask him to get up and walk and he don't walk? What if he gets up and he falls flat on his face? God, give them discernment or something. Give them uh, uh, what, uh, just an awareness of what's going on. Don't let them do anything dumb. And I'm sitting here speaking under my breath over these guys praying for this man. And the Lord stopped me and he said, do you not remember what I just did yesterday? Why do you doubt me, Chris? He said, you get up and go pray for him. Okay. So I get up and it's almost like the Red Sea opened because these boys that were praying moved out. And I just stepped right in front and I began, I uh, 
anointed his head, I anointed his hands, I anointed his feet, and I anointed his knees. And the next words that came out of my mouth, I instantly regretted every word that I said. After I said it, I said, get up and walk. That man grabbed the pew and he pulled himself up and he began to dance all over that altar. Come on. We found out after service that that man had just gone through a stroke and lost all mobility on one whole side of his body and the doctor said he'd never walk again. But when we walk in obedience to what God says to us, miracles, signs, and wonders, your faith through the spiritual gifts that God gives you can encourage somebody else's faith. That man probably believed the report of that doctor and said, I'd never be able to walk again. He probably already made plans for the rest of his life on how he was going to be bound to that wheelchair for the rest of his life. He didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say. He had lived his life walking just like everybody else. And then all of a sudden, one day, stroke, and he loses all ability to walk. And then God said, watch this. All through the obedience of a young boy from Minot who didn't know what he was doing, but just said, Lord, I'm willing. I'm here. Use me. So let's start today by trying to define what a spiritual gift is. And I want to look at Scripture and talk about these. Okay, what is a spiritual gift? If you're taking notes today, a spiritual gift is simply a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. That's what it is. It's an ability given by God to all God's people to make a difference first, if you read the scripture, in the church and then overflowing into the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse number 1. It's going to be up here on the screen. Now about the gifts of the Spirit... Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Another version says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Yet according to research, let me tell you, 87% of Christians, not just people, 87% of Christians don't know what a spiritual gift is. The Bible says, I don't want you to be uninformed. However, 9 out of 10 Christians don't know what a spiritual gift is. Moreover, what their spiritual gift is. So how in the world are we going to act like the body of Christ where the hand does what the hand should do, the foot should do what the foot should do, the head should do what the head should do? How do we expect to operate like that if we don't even know what our gift is? 9 out of 10 people don't know anything about their spiritual gift. And many of us may be in this room. You've lived your whole life not, not knowing what God has really called for you to do. What is my purpose? What should I be doing? And I want to talk to you about it. If we go down to verse number 4, Paul continues on to teach where he says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. The same Holy Spirit Gives all the different types of gifts. Go on down. It says there are different kinds of service. But the same Lord. Verse 6. 
There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. And then the next verse, it's not up on the screen yet, but in the New Living Translation, it says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Going back to Romans, the first passage we read, that our spiritual gifts are there to encourage. It's there to encourage us, and now we see it again where it says that it's supposed to help each other. Now I want you to notice again too that the scripture says that all Christians receive spiritual gifts. All spiritual gifts are useful. And all of hell wants to keep you from your gift and wants it hidden and unused so that the gift your God in heaven has given you is not useful to build up the body of Christ. So what I want to do today is I want to kind of give you a list of four different things that spiritual gifts are not. Okay, number one, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Natural talents are different. When you are born naturally, God gives you natural talents. There are people that just can play baseball better than me. I don't like to admit it, but they just can because they were born naturally with a gift. Some people work harder at their gift and therefore make it longer and last longer than those who have natural ability just because they're willing to practice and willing to work on it. Did you know that our gifts operate the same way? That God gives us spiritual gifts and if left unused, we lose them. If left unchecked, we, we don't see the fruit of what that gift is. However, if like an athlete, we take that spiritual gift, understand the spiritual gift, and begin to use it and practice it, then God will begin to then add on more spiritual gifts because remember that you are trusted with more when you take care of what you have. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. But here's where it gets good. Your spiritual gift can complement your natural one. You might be naturally gifted to sing, but that voice means nothing to me. And I don't want to hurt anybody or stomp on in, 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 in anybody's toes, but we have some of the best singers on this stage and in this church that the church of God has to offer. I believe it. But your voice alone does not get you into the throne room. You might have a natural talent, but you need a spiritual gift to complement that. Number two, spiritual gifts are not given to just an elite few. God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to take this group of Christians that I really like and give them awesome and amazing gifts and you're going to be more powerful Christians than the rest of you. I don't like you so much. We're going to put you over the corner. We're not going to give you anything. God gives everyone spiritual gifts. And anointing is for all of them. But let me share. And I want you to listen closely. Anointing doesn't bypass process. Anointing does not bypass process. You see, David did not go from the pasture to the palace overnight. He was sent from the pasture to, um, to attend to his sheep. 
the anointing to be king was there when he was in the pasture. But God did not send him directly to the palace to be king. He sent them to tend the sheep to teach them how to be king. Anointing doesn't bypass process. You see, it would have been dangerous for him to just be king day one because he would have had no idea what to do. But God needed to mold him and transform him and teach him, train him, equip him what it meant to be a king. So he said there's a process that you have to go through in order to get there. You see, we can't expect for God to give us a natural gift and a spiritual gift and for us to be on stage preaching to multitudes. No, it doesn't work like that because anointing doesn't bypass process. We need to understand that there's a process involved with your gift. And there's a process involved with your anointing. And it's your job, you see, because here's the reality of your gifts. It's given to everyone, but how we manage them and how we grow them will determine how much God uses them. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to see these miracle signs and wonders, then there's a process to the anointing that you have to go through first. And sometimes that process is painful. Sometimes we have to go through hurt. Sometimes we have to go through trial. Sometimes we have to go through sickness. Sometimes we got to go through, through a mountain. But let me tell you something to every valley that there is a mountaintop. And if we'll just hold on and press on, all we're doing, and I preached this weeks ago, we're just passing through the valley so we can get to the mountain God's promised us. But I can't expect God to give me a gift and automatically just wake up on this mount mountaintop singing like the angels. No, because there's a process that has to take place first number three spiritual gifts are not the fruits of the spirit they're different the fruits of the spirit are in, um, are in um, Galatians chapter 5 there's nine of them love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness gentleness, faithfulness and self control sometimes Christians will say well I just don't have that gift of love I don't have that spiritual gift of patience. Those aren't gifts. Those are fruits. Those are fruits of the gift. You have patience because the gift is operating through you. They're completely, they're completely different. But that's not to dismiss them. You need to be able to show good fruit too because people will know you by your fruit. So when a preacher gets up here and he preaches an amazing message but doesn't live a lifestyle outside of the pulpit that he should, the fruit at some point will show because Scripture tells me, and I teach my boys this all the time, your sin will always find you out. So don't think that you have a natural ability to sing like the angels and you can just get up here on stage and sing and go live like hell the rest of the week. We've got to be able to live a holy and godly life so that the anointing is attached to the gift so that we can see the signs, miracles, and wonders. Fruits of the Spirit are important, but they're not gifts. Number four, spiritual gifts are not something to fear. If there's anything I've heard over and over when I'm teaching children or teens, when I was in youth work, on to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they would be scared of it. it would, they would be afraid of it. They would feel like, well, I'm losing my ability to speak and something else. It's not something to fear. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says that we should desire gifts, that we should want these gifts, that we should want to operate in them because the power that's living in us cannot be accessed unless we work under the influence of these spiritual gifts. So what I want to do is I want to look at two dominant portions of the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts. There are four different lists. We're only going to look at two. Romans chapter 12, verse number 6. Here's what that says. 
We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Notice it says with your faith, not against your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, and all pastors said amen, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Listen, what's the gift to prophesy? It's the ability to speak on behalf of God. He has given a word for a group of people or for someone and spoke it through you. God's given me that gift. You see, it's, it's speaking boldly what God has put on your heart. What's next? He talks about the, the, uh, the gift of serving. He says if your gift is serving, serve them well. Some of you have a spiritual gift to serve. And the, it's the idea of doing something for somebody else, especially when they don't know about it. It just gets you going, and it's a thrill. Why is that? Because God gave you a gift to serve. There are people that don't want to lead a small group and have the ability to host. It's just their desire to open up their home to a group of people to come in and to learn more and more, more about God. That's, that, that, that's a spiritual gift to want to serve somebody else. What's next? It goes on to say, if you're a teacher, teach well. Some of you, you have the gift of teaching God's word, and here's how you can tell. It's when you read something, and you can't just keep it inside that after you read it, you have to tell someone else about it. You have to tell somebody else what you read. you got to tell somebody else, well, the Greek meaning of this word is this. and the Hebrew. No, it, it, it's, it's, when you, it's when it so excites you of something that you read that it just, you just can't contain it anymore. You have to share it with somebody else. It goes on to say that if your gift to is encourage others, be encouraging this last two years, a lot of people have needed that. And if God has specifically given you a gift to encourage, do it. Do it. God has given you this spirit. Un unleash it, man. Unleash it. Write a card. Write an email. Send a text. Do whatever. But let somebody know that they're doing something right. It helps people. The next one, if your gift is giving, give generously. This church does that and has a history of doing that. Look, I announced four weeks ago, five weeks ago, about these wells, digging wells for, uh, for these, communi for these, for, for these commu communities overseas that don't have running water. And within three weeks' time, we have 100% paid for not one, but two different wells. Amen. That's something to praise God about. Let me tell you what that does. It provides a necessary resource to a group of people that might not have been able to meet to hear about God because water is essential to their way of life. And we have now dug wells, and I'm actually going in January, uh, hopefully with a group of people, to um, um, dedicate those, okay? It goes on to say that if God has given you leadership ability... It doesn't just say lead. I want you to go back to that. Go, go back to the part in the scripture where it says, if God has given you leadership ability, okay? If it is to lead, then lead. No, it says do it diligently. It says take it seriously. Because when God has given you a gift of leadership, it's not something to play patty cake about. It's something to do it diligently with seriousness. Do it with everything you have because you'll be held responsible for all those that are underneath your care. It's a spiritual gift. It goes on to say that if I have the gift to show kindness, do it cheerfully. 
It's a gift of mercy. Showing kindness. These are gifts that have been, God has given you to be used in the church to minister to believers around the world. And quite honestly, due to stats, a lot of us don't know what those are. Number two, let's look at this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if we go back there, verse number 7, it's the one I read just a bit ago. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given to the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits, or to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. That's a gift. And to still another the interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit as He distributes them to each one just as He decides. Let me tell you what. I was in a class teaching weeks ago on spiritual gifts. And... The question was brought up, well, pastor, how do I know what my spiritual gift is? Because to be honest, it's one thing, and I want to teach for, 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 for a moment again. This really isn't a preaching message. How do I know what my spiritual gift is? Because it doesn't do any good to preach about it if you, if you don't know how to find what yours is. Study what the Bible says about gifts. Look at... 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12, 1 Peter chapter 4. Read these, learn about them. Read context. Know what the spiritual gifts are, okay? Number two, ask God to show you what your gift is. Because a lot of times, what the thing that excites you, the things that you're passionate about, is typically really close to what your gift is. Number three, examine what you enjoy and, and, what, and what you do well. If you're gifted to sing, then probably your spiritual gift has something to do with singing. Okay, so see what it is that you do well, that you enjoy doing. Number four, and this is what we did in this class, take a spiritual gifts test. Now this isn't the end all, end, end all, right? It's not going to give you everything. But there is tests out there to show you or give you a good idea of what your spiritual gifts may be. And I actually have one in my office. So if you're interested in ever taking one, just let me know and I'll be happily, I'll be a happy person to give you that, okay? And then number five, most importantly, and this is what I tell everybody, do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Whenever you feel like God's calling you to do something, have the faith to do it. I want you to imagine this for just a moment. I've got three kids, Aiden, Israel, and Eliza. And as a dad, if I had the ability to say, Aiden, I'm going to give you this gift. And I'm going to give you this gift because I know it's going to help you. And then I go to Israel and I say, buddy, I'm going to give you this gift because it's going to help the gift that he's got. So I need you to operate in that, you to operate in that, so that together we can operate as a body of Christ, right? And then Eliza, I'm going to give you this gift. And, and that, that's, that's essentially what God does. He looks down at his children and he gives one person this, he gives one person this, and one person this. And let me tell you something, a lot of these gifts work off of each other. So if I don't operate in the gifts that God's given me, it very well possibly could be harming somebody else. 
operate in what God has given me. You have to operate in what God has given you. You have to operate what God has given you so that collectively as a body of Christ we can see the masses one to Jesus. So here's what the Bible says as we kind of close. 1 Peter chapter 4. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Why? To serve others. Not to serve yourself. To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It goes on. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides. So that in all things, I may be praised. So that he may be praised. So that Jesus Christ to him be the glory and the power forever. And amen. He'll come. I want to remind you one more time of Romans chapter 1. Of why it's important to have these gifts. When Paul's speaking and he says, so that I may be mutually encouraged by your faith. Why do we need this Holy Ghost? Why do we need his presence? So that we may operate in the gifts he's chosen for us. So that we, we may be encouraged by each other's faith. So that we may be instruments used by God. So that through the gifts we can have the fruit of the Spirit. You see, people won't know you by your gift. They'll know you by your fruit. That's why it's so important to show the fruit from the gift that God gives you. So today during altar... I want to provide another opportunity because I truly believe that if we're to go to the place God wants us to go and I truly believe we're headed there this rain we talked about this rain this 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 portal this running water that is poured that's going to fill and expand out to our children and our teens and, and to the community and to other churches that this revival that's going to come it's only going to come because the people inside the building are operating in the gifts that God's given them. I can't do this by myself. God did not send me here to do this by myself. If I do this by myself, I will fail. I just need you to know that. I don't have the ability. I'm not a superpower, superhuman pastor. I'm just an average Joe that's coming here that God has orchestrated to come and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to a group of people that are world changers. I need you to understand that if we're going to go to the place God wants us to go, then we all have to be operating in the gifts God's given us. And if you don't know what those gifts are, see me, talk to me, call me, text me, email me, do whatever. I'll help you find it. If you're not involved somewhere in our church, serving somewhere, and you have a gift to serve, talk to me. I want you to serve. If you have a gift to lead and you're not leading, don't blame it on the pastor not, not asking you. Come to me. Tell me about it. Tell me what your passion is. Show me what you want to do. And by golly, I'll put you to work. Let's do this thing together.
Let's do this thing together. Let's do this thing together. And let's see the power of God work in us. I want to open up the altars again to host the presence. To host the presence. Because it's the presence of God working through us that the gifts of God operate. They will manifest in us when we've hosted Him. So when we've provided an opportunity to bring the Holy Spirit in, those gifts begin to just flow. 